the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Think your church is healthy? Well, what are some signs that you look for for a healthy church? Let's talk about that next. As a paramedic, you look for vital signs when you roll onto the scene of an accident. You check for pulse. You check for breathing. Those are just a couple of signs to show whether or not somebody is healthy. Well, there are signs within the church that tell whether or not that church is healthy as well, and we're going to look at those signs here today. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We're looking at the signs of a healthy church, and we can find these signs here in Acts chapter 9, verses 26 through 31. Join us. Here now is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast. You know, one of the things that you, we want to do as a church is do the best that we can to, to make sure that we have a healthy and prosperous environment. There is a, a culture that is established through local churches. Local churches aren't just gathering places. They're communities. We are a community in the midst of the community. We are the kingdom of God. We are the household of God. We are the children of the most high God. When we come together, as we gather together, we formulate together, we get together, what happens is, saints, there's a culture that's established within the church. There's a spiritual climate. There's an atmosphere that's created. And for us, as a church, we want to constantly be allowing God to use us to, to make the church what he has envisioned it to be. Every local church has a vision, and, and there's an atmosphere and a climate, and we, we're constantly working on that so that God will be pleased with what uh, he's causing us to build. And I think it's important that we realize that all of us have a part to play. And there are certain characteristics that, from a biblical standpoint, that should be clearly evident within every local church. And we want to see that constantly, constantly established here at our church. And we want to see God continue to do what he's doing in the hearts of each individual, which in turn helps the culture to become what it's supposed to become. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about a few signs of a healthy and prosperous church. A few things that we can look at to say, okay, these are, if a church is healthy, these are things that we should look for. And I want to say this, these also can be applied to our personal lives, a healthy home, a healthy marriage. These are things that we should be looking for. Acts chapter 9, verse 26 on down to 31. Let's get into this. It says, and when Saul, Saul was a persecutor of the church, his name later on was was changed to Paul as he experiences conversion in chapter 9. His name was changed to Paul, and then 
We know he wrote 13, some say 14 books in this Bible. He traveled all over his region, proclaiming the gospel, not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. God used him mightily. But it says here in verse 26, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, the Greek speaking uh, Jews, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea And sent him out to Tarsus. Now look at this in verse 31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. I've talked about this before. And I want to talk about it again. The church didn't want to receive Apostle Paul at this time or Saul. His name was at that time. They didn't want to receive him because this individual, if you study the book of Acts, we see a glimpse of him first in the book of in in the chapter in chapter seven of the book of Acts. Uh, Chapter seven, verse 58. He was there when Stephen, one of the disciples, got killed, stoned to death. And these individuals laid their garments at Saul's feet as he watched other people stone. This man of God by the name of Stephen, he was there in Acts chapter one verses Acts chapter eight verses one to three. We also get a a glimpse of Apostle Paul because he was a part of the individuals that persecuted the church. Uh, Great persecution came upon the people of God. In Acts chapter nine, in the beginning of the chapter, as he's on his way to persecute the church, Damascus, he meets Jesus. And Jesus knocks him off his beast. He has a conversion experience and God changes his life. And now in the end of chapter nine, we see he's preaching the gospel and he's trying to share to, to, to help people and 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 dispute and all these things that that God had called him to do. The church was hesitant about him because they knew his history. They knew that he had persecuted. He knew that he had thrown people into prison. And so when they first came to when he first came to the church, they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the guy that was killing people. That was persecuting people. Barnabas brought him to Jerusalem. He came in and out and he had an earthly confirmation. They received him and the rest is history. God used his life mightily. But the thing I want to highlight is. Oftentimes, when we look at local churches, if a church has trouble, if a church has problems, if a church is experiencing persecution, oftentimes we think that church must not be doing something right. But I want to say to you to the contrary, it could mean that the church is doing everything right. And oftentimes we we weigh success of a ministry totally based on the stuff they possess uh, their reputation in the community, um, you know, and, and we, we don't see it from a biblical view and standpoint. Saints, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or how many buildings you have. 
you can have all those things and still not be right with God. And I think it's, it's important that we look at church from a biblical view and not just from a world view. We have to see it through the scriptures. This church was being persecuted. Saul was a persecutor, got converted. He comes in, God begins to use him. And in verse 31, it says this. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were what? Multiplied. And these are five characteristics that I want to highlight because it didn't say then the church had $50 million in the bank. And then the church had the biggest building on the block. And then the church had all the best speakers. And then the church, and and this is what we do. We cannot look at the kingdom of God the same way as what we look at a a sports team or a, a normal business. We have to see this as an entity that God has established in the earth and that God will show us through his scripture what he's looking for from this entity, from the church in the earth. And these are characteristics that we should be looking for. Amen. And we should sincerely be seeking after. He says in verse 31, then all the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria had what? Peace. I think this is important. When you're thinking about a local church, number one, a sign of a healthy and prosperous church is that there's peace in the church, first and foremost, first and foremost with God. If we are going to be a church that stands the test of time, that really becomes everything that God wants us to become, we have to have it in our mind more than anything else. We want to make sure we're maintaining peace with God. Let me say this to you. Not every church has peace with God. And we want to be people as individuals that we're constantly, we, we, we constantly have peace with God. And peace with God means that we're constantly seeking to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. God, how do you want the church to look? How do you want it to look? What do you, how do you want us to do this ministry? How do you want us to do that ministry? Lord, how, 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 Lord, help us to do things your way, not just what we see on TV or what this person is doing or, or what seems popular at the time. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Because what happens is we get on this popularity deal and we start trying to figure out how to do things to keep up with the church down the street or, or this, and, and we turn our churches into entertainment centers. But what we want more than anything else is I want to make sure that I maintain peace with God. So I want to do things God's way. So I maintain peace. These individuals we see with the first century church, they had peace. They had peace with God. Number two, peace amongst each other. This is this is important. This this when we think about peace, it must also encompass peace among each other. Now, When you're part of a local church, let me say this to you. You're going to have somebody step on your toes. Can I have an amen? And this is what happens. People allow offense to get into their hearts. They get offended because of their pride. And, and, And they don't realize that there's 
if you have an art with your brother, you go to that person, you talk to that person, you work it out, and you find peace. As much as it depends upon you, have peace with all men. And this is what we do. And so this church, it had peace, peace with God. And we see in the midst of them, there's no sign of a struggle within, with, within the ranks. And I think it's important that we realize that we have to keep peace, fight for peace, look for peace. And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about all over the world. We should be seeking for peace within the local churches, but we should never desire to have peace at the expense of truth. We have to confront things, but we have to keep in mind that that peace with God comes first and then making sure that we maintain peace amongst each other is is so important that you don't tolerate gossiping. You don't tolerate whispering and murmuring. You don't tolerate things that can mess up your peace. And I'm not just saying this for the church. I'm saying this in your home. Maintain peace in your home, that there's peace there. Now, Truth must be there to have genuine and authentic peace, uh, peace. But the, 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 but I want to make it clear, saints, peace is something that people should sense when they get around the church. There's peace. Are there some tr- fights and stuff? Yeah, but you fight with your brother and then you go to lunch. But it's but there's it's a, it's an environment when people come into a local church, they should sense, man, there's the peace of God is there. Not a lot of stru- strife. They're not arguing over what color the carpet going to be. The deacon board and the, and the trustee board and the elder board and all the boards fighting with the boards. And Can I have an amen? This should not be named amongst us. And I think what happens is we're looking for this. So this is a sign. When people get it, man, it's peaceful there. And, you know, it's amazing because sometimes people will come into a peaceful church and they'll get suspicious because it's so peaceful. What's wrong with these people? They really are loving and they, they're smiling at each other and they're not arguing. What something wrong here? The devil is busy. And we'll start making up stuff. But it should be peaceful. It should be peaceful. Now, there are going to be moments, saints, where you have dust ups. That's life. Jesus had dust ups in his own ministry. He's trying to tell these guys they're arguing over who's going to be the greatest. So you're going to have moments, but there should be a sense that, man, there's. Nothing's out of control. There's peace there. Amen. He says, not only did these individuals have peace, it says, and they were what? Edified. This word edified is an awesome Greek word. It means to build. It means to construct. It means means to erect. It means establishing. uh, It means to establish. In a good sense, it means to build up in the faith, to edify, to cause, to advance in the divine light. I like that. To build up, to construct, to erect, to establish in a good sense, to build up in the faith, to edify, to cause, to advance in the divine light. When people come in, there should be a building up aspect and sense that we that we get when we're around people, that people are growing. People are getting strengthened. People are being built up. And there's various ways that which God uses through his word and through local church to build people up. But at the end of the day, God is God is constructing something in a person's life. 
And if you come to this church and you think that you don't need any construction, you might need to go to another church. Because every one of us need God to work on us a little bit. Amen? A lot. And I think it's important that we, that we sit down and realize that there should be a culture within a local church where people are being built up. That iron is sharpening iron. That in every area of our lives, we can sit back and we can take a good look. Like, man, I can get better in my prayer life. I can get better with my motivation, man. My motivation needs to change. I can get better with my thought life. My thought life is bad. I want to get better. I want, I want to be built up in this area and strengthened in this area. I want God to do something to help me to advance in his divine light by being in this atmosphere. I'm getting challenged at this church. I love it when people say to me, I, I get challenged at this church. Yeah, we all should be challenged to go to another level in our walk, in our marriages, raising our kids, working on our jobs, how we treat people in the community, how we're treating each other. We can all get better, amen? Better in my worship. I want to get better when it comes to worship. I want to give God more of my heart in this area of my life. And we want this culture where, where if you are stagnant, dying, and you don't want to change, that this atmosphere challenges you to come out of complacency and to begin to move yourself. This is what we want. We don't want a church that's dying on the vine, amen? We want people to be edified in this church, that, man, I'm getting built up. You know what pastor said today really challenged me, and you know I felt so convicted. But, saints, conviction is good. It's a way in which God challenges us to make a change and go in a different direction. And this is what we want. I want to see people being edified. It's amazing. I look around this church, and I see how many people are growing. I've watched you guys grow. I'm looking at people grow. This is one of the things I love about being a pastor is that you, when I used to travel a lot and, and, and primarily just travel from church to church preaching and prophesying and stuff, I didn't get a chance to see people really grow. But being a pastor, you get a chance to see a person like, man, that person really has grown in God, really is doing what God. And this is what we want. And I think all of us should be willing to challenge each other to say, man, we can get better as Christians. We can go to another level in our walk with Christ. And getting better and going to another level does not mean that you're just doing more things for God. It means you're getting better as a Christian. You're growing in your walk. The anger you used to have, you don't have that anger anymore. The lust that was in your heart, you don't have that lust in your heart anymore. Being prideful, you let God deal with the pride in your heart. That you're not always, if somebody tries to correct you, you don't always blame it on somebody else or make excuses for your faults. That you take personal responsibility. That's the growth that God is looking for in our life. Can I have an amen? That's what God is looking for in our lives. That you smile at people now. They used to call you Mean Gene. Some of us, they give us nicknames because we act in a certain way. And I think what happens is God, he comes in and he changes us. He lifts the burden. He cleanses us from the inside out. And we become edified. When people come to this church, I don't want people just to come to this church and enjoy a service. I want people to be changed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we want. 
to be edified and built up and strengthened. They were edified. He says, not only were they edified, he says, they were edified. Look at verse 31. And walking in the fear of the Lord. Somebody say the fear of the Lord. This word here, it means terror. It means reverence. It means respect and honor. This great Greek word means terror. It means reverence. It means respect and honor. And when it comes to God, we've got to have this in the church. We've got to get back to reverencing God, respecting God, honoring God, being afraid of God. And I tell you all all the time, I don't know about you, but I read this Bible and I, I believe this stuff. You mess around too much. God will kill you. I'm not playing. It's in this book. I read some of this stuff in here. I'm saying, oh, Lord Jesus. God's not playing. He just told the angel to hit him. And the angel hit him. He died. And then the worms ate up his body. In the New Testament. That's why I don't play. People think, I don't play. I read this stuff. I say, oh, God will kill you. I'm not going to play around with that. But what happens is people come to church and they just, they don't see, they don't have a reverence for God. An honor and respect. That when we, when we, when we're, when we're congregated together or when we're out in the community and when we're representing God, that man, I fear God. That it's, it's not about my, you know, what my accountability partner said, what my wife said, or what this person said. It's about what God said. And God is watching me. And I want to make sure, I think it's important that we all get this, that at the end of the day, we want to please God. And, and really get it in our minds that these people, they walked in the fear of the Lord. That they walked in the fear of the Lord. That the fear of the Lord is a good thing. I preach so many times on all the blessings and the promises that come to our lives if we would just fear God. If we'd have respect. If we'd have reverence. If we, if we honored him. If we did that. The blessings that hit our lives when we have the fear of the Lord. When pe- in the church, I want them to be within the church. And this is a sign of a... Of a, of a healthy church is when there's a healthy fear of God in our midst. That I'm not going to talk about that person because that's God's child. I'm not going to get involved in this stuff because God doesn't want me to get involved in this stuff. And when we develop the fear of the Lord, it puts a smile on God's face. It causes him to 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 want to bless us. Have you ever had a child that and I and I hear about these all the time. I thank God I don't have any children like this, but it, it when a, when a child that you have is being disrespectful to you, do you want to buy him some things? Mama, y'all need to give me some stuff now. There's no honor. But it's the same thing when we come before God. God, how come you haven't blessed me? You tripping, Lord. We just come off crazy like God. Listen, you better read your Bible. God is real. And we should have a healthy fear of the Lord and honor and respect when we come together, when we come to church. That we come to church. And, and as much as depends on us, and as, as I want to say this, and, and, I, and I hope this doesn't. But saints, 
Isn't it amazing how we won't even show up to church on time? You're getting ready to meet with the king of the universe. And I guarantee you he's got all kinds of treats and goodies and blessings that he wants to pass out. And we show up like it's not. Wait a minute. I'm going to meet with God. What time does it start? I'm getting there. I want to meet with God. God's going to be up in there. I'm going to lift my hands and the power of God's going to come upon me. They're going to start worshiping and I'm going to meet with God. Can I have an amen? There's a certain sense of reverence that we have. That we should have. But we'll show up to the Raider game three hours before so we can tailgate in the parking lot and we can. Am I preaching right now? We got to develop a, a healthy fear of the Lord and honor and reverence for God. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.